the one who frees us, the one who has saved us, the one who has graced us, enabled us to live a life otherwise impossible, otherwise unthinkable. God, we thank you for your mercy and grace. We thank you for providing a new life in Christ that we could not obtain for ourselves, we could not work to earn. God, we thank you that you have given us such a great gift, a gift of grace. Lord, we thank you for the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us, who builds us up, who enables us and empowers us in this life, God. We thank you that your gifts, your blessings are not just for eternity, not just for one day in heaven, but they're for today. God, I thank you that we can live empowered, encouraged, built up today. We don't have to run on empty. We, we don't have to continue on like the world continues on. God, we may be in this world, but we are not of it. In Jesus' name. We don't live like everyone else lives because we're not stuck. We're, we're not limited the way the world is. We have been free. We have been made alive. Praise God. We're not stuck in a tomb. We're not restricted to a tomb, but we're alive and we're free in Jesus' name. Praise Jesus, we thank you this morning. We love you. We worship you. Because you first loved us. Because you were first good. Lord, all that we do today, the reason we, we call ourselves Christian, disciple of Christ, is because of what you first did. Because of the life you first gave. God, we receive it today in Jesus' name. We receive forgiveness. We receive redemption. We receive mercy and grace. We receive the power of the Holy Spirit in our life today in Jesus' name. And everybody who receives it says amen. 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 Well, praise the Lord this morning as we continue in worship. I want to share out of Malachi verse 1 or chapter 1 verse 11. You know, we're going to go and give tithes and offerings right now. I invite you to give tithes, offerings, special gifts. If you want to give online, you can go to our website, almjefferson.com. Hit the giving link. Uh, we, we also, uh, if you want to give physically, you can bring that in anytime through this week as well. We have options for giving. This morning, Malachi 1 verse 11, you've probably heard Malachi referenced before in a tithe and offering message, but you're probably used to hearing Malachi 3 verse 10. This morning, I want to read out of Malachi verse chapter 1 verse 11, and it says this, kind of a different approach to the message of giving. It says, for from the rising of the sun, even to its going down, my name shall be great among the Gentiles. In every place incense shall be offered to my name and a pure offering for my name shall be great among the nations says the Lord of hosts he's talking about giving here and I don't know about you but I don't have any incense at my house I don't keep a, a, a pot full of, of incense or even like precious oil I, I don't keep those kinds of things around on hand what I keep that is of value to me well th that would in most cases be money finances you know that that is uh, what is commonly traded and used and, and sacrificed for different things today you know when you buy something you're you're sacrificing money which equates to time so that you can have something else you know that's really what the marketplace is it's it's sacrificing one thing to obtain another thing well when I read Malachi 1 verse 11 here what I see is that in sacrificing to God there is something that is being obtained and what it is, is this, it is God's name being great among the Gentiles. You know, if there's something I, I really believe in and I really, you know, maybe I really want to get it, I'm going to be willing to give to go and get it. And I'm not saying we have to give to get salvation or to get close to God. That's not true, although uh, we did, we have read before in Matthew 6 about investment and how when we invest in the kingdom, we, our heart is going to be there. Our heart is where um, our treasure is. And so as we invest, we're going in. That's not really the point I want to make here, though, about investing. It's more so this, that as we make a sacrifice to God, you know, we sacrifice and praise, we sing to him, but there's also this element in Malachi 1.11 about a physical giving that's happening here. They're giving of incense. They're offering it up to him. He says, my name shall be made great among the nations. 
And what I see with that is this point. As we give, it says something to the nations. It says something to the people around us. It says something to our family. It says something when we are willing to give to God. It says, I truly believe. It says, I'm truly invested. It's, it's a glorifying of his name. It's a worship and praise of his greatness to those around. And so as I read Malachi 1.11 here, and I see that in the Old Testament, he was saying, as you sacrifice, both in praise and sing out, but you're also giving, burning incenses and offering, my name's going to go and be made great among the Gentiles. I believe it's true for today, too. As we give... One of the side effects, in addition to a blessing and kingdom being built and all of the other things that come with giving, investment of the heart into the kingdom, there is also a glorifying of his name, a, a praising of his name that goes out, that goes beyond. People notice where you give. People notice where you spend. And many times you can see what's important to a person based on the way that they spend their money. So when we invest in the kingdom, when we offer to God, it speaks to people. It says, this is real. It says, I'm in. It says, he's worthy of this. So this morning, as you give, as we give, I want to encourage you to know that as you give, you're saying something. You're, you're making a statement to the world. You're saying God is real, God is big, God is glorious, He is great, He's worthy of a physical sacrifice. I'll give this, because He's worth it, He's worthy of it. Sacrifice, I believe, is, is one of the ways we speak love out in an action. So this morning, I invite you to give, I invite you to make a statement, I invite you to say, God is worthy of this sacrifice, God is worthy of my giving. Do you agree with that this morning? He's worthy of our giving. Amen. Would you pray with me as we bless our offering today? Father, you're so worthy. We sang it. We spoke it. We prayed it. Now we give it. We believe you are worthy of a sacrifice, not only of the fruit of our lips, but the fruit of our hands and labor as well, God. We give to you today because you are worthy. We give today because we love you and not because we're so great, but because you first loved us. And so, God, we, we love you today. We give today. And we believe this, that as we give, there's a statement being made. That it would be a witness to people around us, to the world, around us, to our community, to family members. God, people would see and know that you are glorious, that you are great. I thank you that this is just one of the many wonderful effects of giving, Lord. We thank you also for blessing, for increase, for multiplication, both personally, that as we steward well what you've given us, you're able to increase it, God, but also your kingdom, that it would multiply and increase. God, we thank you that you are the grower. We thank you that your name, as we cooperate with you, would be made great all throughout the world. We believe this in Jesus' name. Oh, we pray that this offering, this gift, would bless you and glorify you today. We pray that in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you all as you give. Well, and this morning we're going to continue our service by going into the Word. Are you ready to get into the Word this morning? Would you pray with me and just bless our time of study, of hearing this morning? Lord, we thank you for the Word that it is living and powerful it is edifying and building. It, it is useful and applicable today. God, we go to the Word knowing and believing that it is totally the truth, totally accurate. And Lord, we look to you today. We listen in our spirit today, Lord, for you to speak and bring alive that Word which we read, that Word which we hear. Lord, we want to be hearers today, and we also want to be doers. We pray this, we confess it in Jesus' name, amen. Let's go in today. Um, we're going we're gonna to begin... 
in 2 Corinthians 6. So if you want to go there, it's, it's going to kind of give us a jumping off point and then we're going to get to kind of the main scripture I want us to look at this morning. You know, I was thinking this, this week, something praying some, um, and just remembering and celebrating, remembering to celebrate what Jesus did on the cross. You know, obviously we had Easter last weekend and we celebrated the victory that we've received in Christ. We celebrated that he overcame death, hell, and the grave. Hallelujah. We were celebrating and remembering what he had already done. And it, it came to me this week while I was, I was kind of meditating on that, that victory is the end of a process. The victory that Christ obtained was the end of a process um, that, that lasted, well, it really it spanned the history of mankind. It had to do with a relationship that God had with Israel and Old Covenant. It had to do with Jesus coming as man, flesh and bone, living a perfect, sinless life, resisting temptation out in the wilderness when the devil was trying to get him down. It, it had to do with him going into the temple and teaching the truth of God's word, reprimanding the people that were teaching hypocritically, doing miracles, showing the world the power of God and what life with the spirit was really like. It also included him submitting and, and consecrating himself to the Father in the garden and deciding, I'm going to go to the cross willingly to be sacrificed as the perfect Lamb of God so that all might be redeemed, that their sins might be washed off the record forever, and they might have eternal life in the family of God. You know, the victory that was obtained on cross, it wasn't like a, a one moment, like that, that was all that had to happen. There was a process that came before the victory. And the good news is this, Christ endured the whole process. He endured it all. In fact, Hebrews, I think it's 12, he says, uh, for he endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. He made it through the process so that the victory could be obtained. And this morning we know this, we celebrated it last week for Easter, we have the victory in Christ. Amen. Don't we have the victory in Christ today? But you know, I was, I was again, just like meditating that, praying about that, the victory in Christ, and yet here I am with some of these moments where I'm not really feeling victorious. Has anybody ever had that kind of like difference where you know the word says you're a victor, you believe what it says, you believe Jesus finished it, you believe the work is done, the process complete, and victory is ours in the name of Jesus, but yet here you are in what feels like the middle of a battle, in, in the middle of what feels like a testing time, a trial, in the middle of what feels like imprisonment maybe. And, and maybe you're looking around and you're like, I don't see the end. I don't see the way out. I don't, I don't see the victory right now. So how am, I, how am I victorious? You know, we know we're victors in Christ, but sometimes I think we, we go through things in life where, you know, the feeling, the circumstance, what's around us doesn't feel like victory. I want us to look at 2 Corinthians 6, 1 this morning. It reads this way. It says, We then, as workers together with him, also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. You know, we could, we could preach all day about this scripture. I actually want to read James 1, 12. That's kind of our main, like the main meat of today's message is James 1, 12. But I wanted to read 2 Corinthians 6, 1 first because it sets up a couple of important things we need to know as we read James 1, 12. The first thing, and there's kind of two main points I want us to pull out of 2 Corinthians as we go into James is this. We then as workers together with him... See, when Paul's writing to the Corinthians here, he's pointing out a principle that we do have, number one, a free will. We, not, we do have a part in what's going on. We're workers together. We're partners. We're, we're in covenant. We're in relationship with Christ, meaning it's not all on God. You know, I was actually just talking to someone about this this week. A lot of people want to just blame God for everything. Have you ever known somebody that wants to just blame God for everything and say, well, you know, it's, it's all him. He's just doing whatever he wants to do. Well, no, we're workers together, which means we have a part. We have responsibility in the way things work as well. And what we're going to see, I believe, today is we have a part in manifesting victory in our life. That yes, Christ completed the work. He completed the spiritual process to obtain and give us authority and victory over the enemy. But there is a, a secondary process in this natural world where we have to allow that victory to manifest in our life. Where we work together with Christ to bring victory into every situation, into everything that he died to bring us victory in. And then the second thing is this. Uh, Paul writes and he says, 
We plead that you would not receive the grace of God in vain. Which means this, there is a grace that comes. A grace, I believe, that brings victory. I believe grace in our life is the differentiating factor between seeing the victory come and not. Because we know the victory's won. We know it's available, we could say. But we have to receive it. And I believe that receiving victory, allowing victory to, to be processed and work forward in our life where we, we, we feel it, we see it, we're surrounded by it. We've, we've got the track record of wins. Because I'll just say it, I know Christians who've been Christians for a long time and they don't have a track record of wins. And I know people who do. I know Christians who do. I've seen it both ways where, you know, some people, I believe, you know, they, they maybe believe what the word says that, yeah, you know, I'm victorious, but I, I never own that victory. I never receive the grace to be victorious. And so I, maybe I don't see it manifest. Whereas on the other hand, when we, when we accept and receive, well, then it is manifested. When we receive the grace, I believe we're enabled to be victorious right here today. And so as we go to James 1.12, I want us to have a couple of things in mind. Number one, we are workers together with Christ. We're partners with Christ. And also this, we have received the grace. You know, I think also the way Paul writes it here in Corinthians, he says that you would not receive the grace of God in vain. What that tells me is, you know, you, you can receive grace and he says it, it can be in vain. I, you know, the only way I see the grace of God where, where we would say it's in vain would be if it wasn't applied. If you received it and never used it. If you received it and never put it into action, never put it in, into practice in life. You know, God's given us everything we need. He's made the victory and grace available. But I believe we have a part in it where we receive it and we use it. We could call this cooperating with God. How many of you want to cooperate with God today? Yes? Yes. Let's go to James 1. Verse 12, and see the, this process of, of spiritual victory manifesting into physical victory. Because I believe this is what we're going to see um, happen in life. You know, part of it what we're going to get into today, part of it is an awareness issue, part of it is a practice issue. And so we're going to see both of these come into practice today. James 1.12 says this, blessed, and I'm reading out of the Amplified right now, blessed, he goes on and elaborates, happy. Spiritually prosperous, favored by God, is the man who is steadfastly under trial and preserves, perseveres, I'm sorry, perseveres when tempted. For when he has passed the test and been approved, he will receive the victor's crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. So we can break that down a little bit. Blessed. And he goes on and says what blessed is. Happy prosperous, spiritually, favored by God, that sounds like a, a great way to live. That, that sounds like a victorious way to live. You know, if we, we equated this victory to, to being blessed to the victor's crown that we receive after enduring, you know, I think when I'm victorious, I'm all of these things. I'm happy. When I'm victorious, you know, I've prospered. When I'm victorious, I, I have found favor. You know, I've won. And he says this, the person who is blessed... It's the person who is steadfast. We could say enduring under trial and perseveres, keeps going when tempted. For when he has passed the test and been approved, he will receive the victor's crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. And I, I kind of, I, I did some study on these, these Greek words that were used. I, I kind of wrote out the way that when I read this, like some of what my mind was saying. So this is Isaac Wangler's like kind of rough translation, but here's, here's the way I would speak the scripture out. Blessed is the child of God who continues to put faith in God and perseveres by God's power through times of difficulty and tempting. This person remains steady through this time, makes you verified, approved, and it is from this place that you're able to live the kind of life Jesus died for you to have. You know, we have the victory in Christ, but there is, there is a time of enduring through this life 
to receive like that full manifestation of victory where, where we're, we're seeing the walls come down. We're seeing the chains break off. You know, we could even, if, you, if, if you've gone through the process of like sanctification where you received Christ into your heart, but maybe you still had some, some, some old patterns in your life, maybe some old habits, some things that needed to fall off, some chains that needed to get broken and get free of. You know, sometimes there's a process of allowing what's happened on the inside, the victory, the freedom you've received on the inside to come to the outside. You know, I, I had this example come into my mind once when I was explaining this to somebody. It's kind of like a, a pond, like just a stagnant pond that doesn't have any water moving through it, an old kind of dead, gross pond. Like that's who we were before Christ. And then once we received Christ in our heart, we got a new well of living water that sprung up from the inside. Well, praise God, that new life, that new water is flowing inside of us, but sometimes it takes that fresh water a little bit of time to clear all the stuff off the top of the pond. You know, like the pond scum, sometimes it takes time for that stuff to clear off, to filter out when that new spring of water comes through. And I, I believe it's this way with some spiritual things where we get the revelation, we receive the truth on the inside, and then it's applying that in our life on earth that allows that old stuff, that, that pre-Christ stuff to filter out. You know, these times of testing, of trying, these are the things, the temptation that we persevere through. Even Jesus, who was alive and full of the Spirit, was tested and tried in the wilderness. And I don't believe that, that God is coming in and just like putting test after test after test in front of us. In fact, if we go and, and look at what Jesus did to pass tests. It wasn't God bringing tests to him. It was the enemy. You know, we live in a fallen world and we're not of it. And I believe that the enemy, he, he wants to trip us up. He wants to deter us from the path of life that God has set us on. And so he's going to come and he's going to tempt. He's going to come and he's going to try. He's going to come and he's going to test. But praise God, by his grace, by his power, by the, the word of victory that's already been received, we can move beyond that time of testing. We can move out of the wilderness into a spirit-filled life of power. Amen? I'm ready to apply the grace of God in my life to see victory happening each and every day. I want to break this, this verse, James 1.12, down a little bit more. And then we're going to go on to some, some other things about endurance. One element of, of this verse in James 1.12, I believe, one element of endurance, because he talks here about how it's this person that endures through these times that's going to receive the victor's crown of life, which the Lord has promised. I believe one element of endurance is that it is necessary for salvation, that you continue to stand on Christ as Lord and Savior. If we, if we go through, and I, I studied out the words that are used here, the word endure is hupomeno. Hupomeno. It means this, to remain behind and to not run from. This is talking about when you come to a time of difficulty, when the enemy is, is coming after you, it means you're not running from God, but you're staying close to him, staying connected to him, sticking with him. I mean, this, this basically means it is the person who continues to confess Christ that will receive the crown of life. Which makes total sense fitting it in with all the, all the word we know about receiving Christ. It's those who believe in their heart and confess Him with their lips that will be saved, right? We confess Jesus as Lord and Savior. We believe on Him and then we're saved. This verse doesn't say anything different. It just says, don't leave. It just says, stay with Christ. Don't run away from Him. Don't leave Him. You know, I even think about Peter. And, and this is the great news, is even if you have gone through a time where you're scared of life situations or somebody's putting pressure on you to move away from God, and, and maybe at some point you've caved, you can come back because Peter got this pressure. Peter was tried where, where he was tested and people said, hey, weren't you one of the disciples of Christ? And he said, no, I'm not. Three times he said that. But you know what? He wasn't beyond the love of God. He wasn't beyond the reach of God. Because when Jesus came back from the dead, he talked to Peter. He said, Peter, do you love me? Three times. And then he said, go and build my church. Which means even if I've done this, see, this is, I'm not even talking about like, oh, I messed up and I sinned yesterday. So, so does that mean I haven't endured and now I'm, I'm away? No, it doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean you've lost the crown of life. This is saying stick with Jesus. 
don't leave him when things get difficult. That's, I believe this is what James 1.12 is saying. Part of it is, don't leave Christ. Endure. Stick with him when things get hard. You know, what I know of God is this, I wouldn't want to go anywhere else. You know, praise God, I believe we know how powerful our God is, where when we're tested, we don't want to go other places. I believe that. I hope that's true for you as well, where when difficulty comes, when the giant, when Goliath shows up in my life, I don't want to go somewhere else. I don't want to go try to find power over that, victory over that in someone else or something else. I want to stick with God because I know he's the one that has the power. Amen? And so as we stick with God, uh, we, we continue to be saved. I mean, it's, it's, it's just, it's easy, and I think someone could read this verse and take it the wrong way, like, oh, if I ever, I think someone could wrongly read this verse and pick up the idea that, oh, if I sin, now I've lost my crown of life. That's not what this is saying at all. This is saying, stick with Christ. Continue to believe and confess on Christ, and when you have endured through the difficult time and stuck with Him, you receive a crown of life. Praise God, that's good news. I just got to stick with Christ. He's the answer. Amen. And so this is one part. Proverbs uh, 30 verse 5 says this. Every word of God proves true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Which just emphasizes the point that honestly, when I face difficult things, there's nowhere else I'd want to go. Christ is a shield to those who take refuge in him. I mean, I, I just get this visual of like coming up against someone who like wants to, wants to damage me, wants to hurt me. And you know, here in front of me, I've got my God who is a shield, who is powerful, strong, can defend me. Why would I run away? I mean, that doesn't make any sense at all, right? I mean, if you, if you had someone coming after you and you've got like a big bodyguard sitting in front of you, well, I'm not, I'm not running away. I'm not cutting out over here to the right and trying to make it on my own. No, I'm going to stay right here behind him. And that's what this is saying about our relationship to Jesus. When we face difficult times, the answer is to stay right with him, right behind him, because he has power. He has the victory over the enemy. And I believe part of the, the good news, part of the gospel of the cross is that we can stick right with him and we don't have to take off running on our own. We don't have to take our chances trying to get through the world on our own. We can just stick with Jesus and he will keep us. Amen. The other thing I see is this. The scripture is also, which we, we kind of began talking about today, about victory over natural difficulty and temptations. You know, on one hand, it's about receiving the crown of life. And just to reemphasize the point, because it's so important, we know it, right? You receive the crown of life when you stick with Christ. I mean, we could all just say that. I receive the crown of life when I stick with Christ. All right, so we've received our crown of life, but this scripture is also talking about overcoming, getting victory over natural difficulty and temptations. And the, the I guess, the truth it gives us on this point is so simple, I think. It says this, the one who's steadfast and endures through the trials and, and perseveres when tempted, when he has passed the test and been approved. You know, I take that middle piece out, and what it tells me is, when I'm going through something difficult, the way it, it gets easier, the way I get victory, is by overcoming it, by, by getting through it, getting over it. And it kind of reminds me of when I was, I was in seventh grade, and I don't know why this happened, but I decided that I wanted to try running cross country when I was in seventh grade. And I was like a short, I mean, I was probably like five foot, I was a little bit chunky, and I'm out here trying to run cross country like two miles at a time. I had not run like more than a quarter mile in PE like ever. If I could not run, I wouldn't run. And some reason, I decided to go out for cross country. And what I remember about, and I'm not, I'm not bashing cross country. Anybody who likes that, you know, bless you. That, that is great for you. It's not for me. And so I'm out here running cross country in seventh grade, and I was miserable. I mean, it, it was, I, I look back, and that's got to be one of the things I wish I wouldn't have done. But it makes, for good, it makes for a good sermon story. So I guess, I guess I got that out of it, okay? So I'm out here running in this cross country. I remember practice races like every day. It was just so difficult. It was painful. Anybody, like, if you're ever in a situation where you're painful, it, it, I think it fits into this story. Because I was in pain every day. And then I'm going home and I'm like, I can't move. I'm, I, I'm hurting. 
And the only way I could get that over with was to finish it. I don't know if, if your house is this way, but I grew up in a house where the rule was if you start something, you're finishing it. And so the only way I could, I could get out of a race, the only way I could get out of practice, the only way I could get done with that season was to just get it over with. And once I was out, I was done, and I was not going to go back. And you know what? That's kind of how it is with uh, these things we go through in life, with these difficult situations is I just, I got to get through it. I got to get over it. I got to beat it, and then I don't have to go back to it. I got to win. I got to get victory. I have to become approved in this thing, and then I can move on. The good news is this. It, it, it makes it really simple. That I just, I just need to get through this. I need to be approved in it. I need to overcome it. And then I don't have to go back through that again. You know, I've gone through times in life where I feel like it's just like this cycling thing where it's the same thing over and over and over and over. And I can't escape it. I can't run out of it. You know, sometimes I think with, with things in our life, we, we try to like almost cheat the system. Like how I was talking earlier about, well, I don't like it, so I'm just, I'm just going gonna, gonna to leave, you know. Well, that wasn't going to fly in my house. I wasn't allowed to just quit in the middle of the season. I wasn't allowed to just like walk out and practice. And whether we like it or not in life, we can't just like walk out. When I'm going through something difficult in life, I can't just walk out. I can't say, I'm done with this. Bye. That doesn't work. You know, and, and honestly, me as a living being, like, I'm going to be alive forever. I'm going to be lasting forever, either in heaven or in hell. And so what that tells me is, you know, I can't, like, I can't get away from these things in life. And on this life on earth, it's like, I have to deal with it now. I, I, I can't just quit. There's not a way for me to just stop, just quit. And so what that leaves us with is, you know, there's this cycle of either just doing it over and over and over again, or we can get approved, get through it, get past it, and move on to the, the place of victory over that thing. Same with Jesus. You know, he's out in the wilderness, and the devil's coming up and tempting him and testing him. You know, he, he, couldn't, he didn't just walk out. He couldn't just leave the wilderness. Instead, he overcame. He was approved. And then when he left, the devil didn't want anything to do with him. The devil, he wanted to get away from Jesus because Jesus had already overcome him. Resist the devil and he'll flee. We see it with the way Jesus overcame the devil, resisting temptation and trial in the wilderness. And so I believe this. For us today, we overcome difficult times. We overcome trying times. And, and I hope this makes sense to you because it makes sense in my head. And so I'm about to say it now and I hope, I hope it resonates with you. We overcome by overcoming. We get through the difficult time by getting through the difficult time. And the good news about it is that we're not doing it on our own. This is where the grace of God comes into this thing. This is where we receive the gift of Christ and apply it in our life. Because if I don't, I'm trying to do it by myself. We're, we're, we're here on earth. We, we have this life to live, this race to run. See, the cross-country example just fits perfect. We got a race to run. And maybe, maybe I'm on the second mile, but I got a ways to go, and I'm huffing and puffing, and my legs are hurting, and I'm starting to cramp, and my side's like doing the thing where I feel like a knife's in me, and I'm, I'm in pain. But God's grace applied in my life brings me through. That's the answer to difficult times. That's the answer to trying times. That's the answer to COVID-19 in 2020 times, is God's grace applied in my life brings me through. Because I don't have a choice of walking out. I don't get to quit. So I either apply God's grace in my life for today and get through, or I stay stuck in this vicious cycle of pain and hurt and trying and testing. I want to get out, don't you? I want to get out of the cycle. I want to get approved and get on with life. Onward and upward. And so we're moving forward with the grace of God applied in our life that brings us through the test, that brings us through the trying time. I think it's so interesting, and we're going to get to this today, that Christ was filled with the Holy Spirit before he went into the wilderness. We're going to look at some of the practical ways that we apply God's grace. That's where we're going to end and wrap up today. 
And so I want us to go here now. How do I endure? Okay, enduring is the way that we get approved based on James 1. As we endure and we get approved, we, we get on with it. We get out of it. So how do I endure is my question. How do I get free from this trial I'm experiencing? And let me say this too. Um, we, if, if there is a specific part of life that you feel tried in right now and you overcome that, it might not be the, the, like the last trial you ever go through. It might not be the last test you ever go through. And so we got to get this down, not just for today, but for tomorrow too. You know, we don't know the day or hour that Jesus is coming back. I believe it's soon. But let's say I get victory over what I'm going through today. There might be something new ahead of me tomorrow or a couple days from now or maybe a week from now. I don't know when, but I know there's always going to be more. And so I want to be prepared to apply God's grace in my life to receive the victory and to move onward and upward in Jesus' name. Matthew 11, verse 28 and 29. We know this. Jesus is the answer to overcoming. <clears throat> and I wanted to say this also um, as you're turning to Matthew 11. You know, these, these tests and trials that we go through in this life on earth. I was thinking about the way that we interact with them, the way we relate to them. And what I saw is this. It's, it's a lot like, kind of like going on vacation, you know, it, it's something that we experience. It's something that's like a part of, of our life in a moment. But it's, it's not supposed to be the way we live. God's plan for you isn't that you just are constantly living in trial. Constantly living in uh, temp, like this temptation where, where I'm just like battling all the time. I, I believe it's more like vacation. And, and I guess the way I got to this thought is, you know, when I get over, when I overcome something, when I get victory in something and I go on and out, usually I can look back and I've got maybe not a physical thing, but maybe a, an emotional, maybe a spiritual. I've got like a souvenir. Can anybody relate to that from something you've gone through in the past where it's like, you know what? I got through it. I got approved in it and seen it, did it, got the t-shirt. Been there, done it, got the, got the souvenir from it. I've been approved. I've gone through. And this is what I have to show for it. And so now I'm on and out. I've been there, done that. I don't have to go back and do that again. I don't have to go and get tested and tempted. I've, I'm not tempted in that anymore. I've overcome it. I've got the souvenir. So I remember the day that I overcame. I remember the day that we left. And so now I... I'm out. I'm approved. I'm done running that two-mile race. Now I'm running a different one. The truth is this. I, I don't believe we're just supposed to be in a constant cycle of, of being tempted and tried and, and all of these things. I believe we're meant to get victory and get out and get on. And yes, there may be more that come down the road, but in Christ, in His grace, we're just going to keep breezing through. That's how I, I want us to look at it like I'm just, I'm just cruising right through. I, I'm, I'm not going to get stuck. I'm not going to get bogged down somewhere for years or months, uh, not even days. Like I just want to breeze right through. I want to receive God's grace for this area, receive the victory, and keep on going. Matthew 11, 28 and 29, I believe a sh it, it summarizes and shows us kind of the rest of what we're going to talk about this morning, which is that when we receive Christ... And his yoke, the yoke is what we're talking about the rest of this morning. When we receive that and, and apply it, put it on us in life, I believe that is what enables us to just sail right through the difficult times that we may experience. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I would venture to say this, without Christ, if we're bearing the burdens of this life, if we're bearing the weight of this life, the, the, the temptation, trial, circumstance of this life on our own, we're probably exhausted. Have you been there before? Where you're trying to just do it by yourself. You know, I've got the weight of the world on my shoulders and I'm just going to keep moving through. Been there. Done that. Got the t-shirt. 
I don't do that anymore because it's too difficult. It's too exhausting. It wears you out. And so we need Christ. We need to give up, I believe, the burden of the world and receive his burden, his yoke that that we see here. He says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. And what I want us to do this morning as we talk about the yoke and the burden of Christ is make a mind shift. Kind of change, at least I had to do this, change the way I think about the word yoke and the word burden. Because when I imagine this, I think about what the world's yoke and the world's burden is like. And it's heavy and it's not fun to carry all this stress, to carry all these responsibilities and weights and tasks and busyness and all of these other things that we try to carry around with us. It's no good. But you know what? Christ's yoke, his burden is easy and light. It is good. Because it gets us through. Christ says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. You know, this is a difference between God's burden and the world's burden is the the world's burden drags you down. Christ's burden builds you up. Learning and and receiving what Christ wants to put on you is going to build you up rather than take you down. This is the shift I think we have to make in the way we think about the word yoke and burden. Because you know, I've been in this place before as well. Seen it, did it, got the t-shirt. Maybe that's just going to be like the... You should just like put it in your comments, post it on your Facebook wall. Seen it, did it, got the t- And maybe I'm not saying it right. Got the t-shirt. Maybe just that. Got the t-shirt. I've succeeded. I've made it through. I've overcome. I got the t-shirt. You know, I'm just even going to take that a little bit further. This is one of those things like got the t-shirt. When you're going through something in life and and you start experiencing like a trial that you've gone through before, you get tempted in a way you maybe used to get tempted. You can just say, got the t-shirt. I've already done it. I've already beat it. I've already won it. So devil, get out of my house. I've got the shirt. So you can't, you can't bring that anymore. I got the victory. So you got to get out of here. Got the shirt. So we got to see this change. Because I've been in the place before where I read or, or I hear somebody preach. Or, or maybe I even feel like in my spirit, hey, you should, like, you should go read the Bible. Hey, you, you should go pray. Hey, you, you should shut that movie off. Hey, you should shut down the Netflix that you've been binging for four hours and go like play worship music. Like, switch what you're doing because I want you to, I want you to build up your spirit. And honestly, it, I think it's just the way that, that we hear about responsibilities and tasks and busyness and all this stuff. I've had it before, got the shirt, where my life or, or these things that I believe I'm supposed to do feel so burdening. It's like I think about, oh, I got, I'm going to go take a half hour to read my Bible. Ugh. I know, you, you probably didn't think you'd hear the, the preacher say that on Sunday, like, read my Bible. Ugh. Look, I'm just being real with you. I've had those thoughts before. I've been there before. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go spend some time in prayer. Ugh. I could be doing all these other things. This is just another thing I got to do. That's not how we have to look at this. We got to see more accurately what it's like to take the burden of Christ upon us. And so we're going to have a little illustration this morning. Don't you all like your illustrations in church? I like doing them, so I hope you like it. We've got a little illustration this morning about burdens. About the burden of this world versus the burden of Christ. The yoke of Christ. I'm just going to get this other sleeve rolled up, and then we've got our lovely assistants, Pastor Emeritus and Emerita, and uh, also my girlfriend Taylor, are all here this morning to help us minister the Word. So we can bring the burden up. Now, this isn't a yoke, but it's, it's close enough. I mean, it'll represent the yoke pretty well. See, I feel like this, this kind of resembles the, the yoke, the burden of the world. You know, it's kind of heavy, kind of uncomfortable to carry. And now we're adding some weight. That's great. Okay, so I just got a job I got to show up for every morning. Oh, look at that. Look at the workload. I'm taking stuff home. Got responsibilities. Oh, I just got some kids. And I gotta, I gotta pay for them. I gotta provide for them. I gotta take care of them. I gotta be there for them. I'm spiritually responsible for them. Oh my gosh! I'm, I'm, I just had a problem with one of my friends. They're texting me. We're having relationship issues. Oh my spouse! They're, they're pressuring me, man. They're, they're giving me some, uh, 
some instruction. We're going out tonight. Oh, I feel some weight right now. Oh my gosh, I just got another work project. I'm feeling weighed down. The burdens of this world are crippling. There, and, and this isn't actually that heavy, but imagine that it was. And I'm just getting cru- crushed, crippled by the pressure, by the weight of the world. You know, I've got the weight of the world upon my shoulders right now. I've got relationships, work stuff, family stuff, running a household stuff. I've got my own personal stuff that's weighing me down today. I feel weighted, burdened, and unable to move forward. I'm in the middle of a testing time and I can't go anywhere because I'm so burdened down by this weight. But then I remember that Christ said, give me your burdens. Let me take them upon my shoulders. And I have a different yoke for you. I've got a different burden for you to carry. This is a little more like it. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you something. If I was trying to navigate a difficult time with that last one, I'm going to have a hard time. This one is bringing me onward and upward. That's what the balloons are for. And we don't have quite enough helium to lift this bar up, but we're close. See, the the burden of Christ isn't one that pulls you down. It's one that brings you up. So I look at this and I see, oh, I've got grace on me. I've got the spirit on me. I've got the call of God for my life. And and as I take these upon my shoulders, as I receive the package of grace, as I receive the Holy Spirit in my life, the fruit of the Spirit into my life, as I receive the call of God upon my life, you know, we can look at call and say, oh, it's just more stuff for me to do. It's, It's more burden, more rocks in my bucket. Well, it's not. The call of God, the grace of God, the spirit of God, the package that he puts on my shoulders is not one that weighs me down. Rather, it's one that raises me up. It pulls me forward. It pulls me upward so that I can move through life successful. It'll raise me up above the bog that's in life. It'll raise me up against the situations, the temptation of the enemy. As I let this bring me up and bring me out, I will be brought forward. I will be approved because I'm no longer trying to do it all on my own. And I'm not looking at the weight, the burden, the yoke that Christ has put on my shoulders like another 50 tasks, like like just another job, just another responsibility that I got to deal with this week. You see, when I get an accurate perspective, when I get aware of, of how the burden, the yoke of Christ helps me in life, I'm going to be saying, oh God, please show me where you want me to read. Please, Lord, tell me what to pray. I'm just going to start praying in the Spirit because I need this kind of burden in my life. i got to get rid of the yoke. i got to get rid of the weights that are dragging me down because right now I feel tried, I feel tempted, and I know that it's going to be hard enough to get through this if I'm just doing it on my own, let alone trying to get through it while I'm weighted down by all this other stuff. I want to trade out my yoke. I want to trade the yoke that, that the world comes with for the yoke that comes with new life in Christ. Do you agree with me this morning that this is a better yoke to bear? This is a better burden to bear, the burden that Christ gives. Hallelujah. We have a good burden in Christ. It is much better than the burden of this world. And I believe that as we receive it, we'll move onward and upward. We're going to get those t-shirts. Amen? Amen. We're going to get those shirts today. I want to wrap up this morning by looking at a few items um, that, that are in cooperation with God. You know, we started this morning's message talking about how we cooperate with God. You know, He gives us the grace. He gives us the way to go out. But I still have to choose to accept that. You know, I, 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 can, I get the choice. I, I have the free will to choose to bear my own burden or I can take on that which Christ wants to give me. I get to choose how I'm going to walk through life, whether it's with the grace, spirit, and call of God or, or with the cares, responsibilities, and things that weigh me down of the world. I get to choose. And so God has provided grace, call, spirit to me, but I have to choose to apply it in my life. I have to choose to pick it up and put it on. And move forward with it. Move forward under that. Behind him. Just like we said earlier. Because it's when I'm behind him that I receive the crown of life. You know, as I stick close to him, not only am am I saved. But as I stick close and and bear that burden, I'm going to be successful. I'm going to be victorious. Not only in the spirit. Not only in the status he's given me as a new creation in Christ. But in a physical way here today. 
Victory isn't just for eternity. Victory is for this world. Victory is for my life today. Victory is for my family, my job, my life, my soul today. I want to be victorious. I want to receive God's grace and apply it so that I can live in the victory. And so this morning, you know, we've, we've talked about the awareness part. We got to be aware in order to receive. We, we have to be aware of what it is and we have to have an accurate view of the burden. You know, we have to see Christ's burden different than the world's burden because it is. His is freeing, theirs is weighing. And so we have to be aware, we have to see it differently. But then we also, I believe, we have our part, our cooperation, our working together with Christ. And so I want to ha- go through just a few things, and we're going to do this quickly. All of these, uh, I've got scriptures attached, and so those will come up on the screen. I'll say them a couple times. You can write all this down if you'd like to. Otherwise, just listen and, and receive this for your life. This is how we can apply the word and, and be aware and also applying uh, the grace that God's given us. You know, I believe that as we I have three P's, okay, the three P's of receiving God's grace most fully, okay? The first is prepare, the second is pray, and the third is perform. And we're going to talk a little bit about each of those. We're going to go through quick, but I believe that half of it is, is an awareness issue. Half of it is just receiving and believing in what God's done. The other part is applying it. Bearing the burden, carrying Christ's weight instead of the world's weight. Colossians 3, verse 16. The first thing I believe we do to prepare is receive the word. Get filled up with the word. Colossians 3, 16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. You know, I believe as we do this, we're going to be filled up more fully with grace. We're going to have more grace on our shoulders than we do cares of the world on our shoulders. This is how we trade out the cares of the world for the grace of God, is by one of the ways, getting in the Word. I believe this, when the Word comes in and fills us up, it says the Word of Christ, let it dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. As we let the Word come in, as we fill ourselves up with the Word, Well, it's going to teach us, admonish us. It's going to give us instruction on how to carry this weight. It's going to help us navigate through through the circumstances and temptations, the trials that we may go through on this life. And James 1.22, to pair with that, James 1.22 says, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. The effective Christian is the one who does the word, is the one who applies God's word in their life. But in order to apply it, you got to know it. And so I believe part of the way we prepare ourselves, we, we set ourselves up to succeed in the trying times is by building ourselves up with the word. We know this, the, the word says in um, John 1 that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. That's talking about Jesus. There's never been a man that walked the earth that had more word in them than Jesus because Jesus was the word. One of the reasons he breezed through the desert, breezed through the wilderness when the devil tried to tempt him, test him, deceive him, pull him down, was because he was full of the word. We can prepare ourselves to be approved, prepare ourselves to succeed by filling ourselves with the word. And then second I see is this, we want to prepare ourselves in the spirit. We want to build up our spirit, man, and receive the Holy Spirit. Ezekiel 36, 26 through 27. Again, that's Ezekiel 36, 26 through 27. It says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh, an alive heart. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will keep my judgments and do them. And then Romans 8.26, pairing with this, Romans 8.26 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what we should pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself, make inter- the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. But when we receive the Holy Spirit and the new heart that comes at salvation... Let me tell you, we are empowered. We are made strong in spirit to persevere, to endure, to get through testing and trying times. The spirit is, well, kind of a rough example here. It's like a balloon lifts you up, moves you forward. 
The Spirit, the Word, is going to help you move positively through those times. It's going to help you get through. These are a few of the things we can do to prepare so that we will succeed. You know, we receive God's grace, but we also apply the Word. We also know it and do it. We want to be doers, not hearers only. Amen. And so we receive the Word in our hearts. We build ourselves up with it. We receive the Holy Spirit and allow Him to work on us. It says He'll uh, cause you to walk in my statutes. You know this, the, the statues of God, as, as we walk in his path, it is the narrow way that leads to life rather than the wide path that leads to destruction. He keeps us on the way of life. He, he makes a path that goes straight through those times of temptation where we, we can succeed and get beyond it. So we can look back and say, I got the t-shirt. And then I wanted to say this, you know, the word and the spirit are probably, the, these are the two things I believe we can do the most to prepare in this way. I also, um, I, I wanted to just mention, you know, I say the word, that is, that is a broad, I mean, that, that's a broad thing to say, you know, get full of the word. So I wanted to give you just a few, and you can write these down, you can take notes, I've got some scriptures with them. I just wanted to tell you a few of the places that I have found preparing myself ahead of time helps me in a moment of, of trial, in a, a moment of difficulty. When I've prepared myself in these areas, it helps me just cruise right through because I'm already solid on the truth. You know, when we're in a, in a moment of difficulty, that's... If you have to, then it's a good time to learn what the Word says. But it's so much better to go and prepare ahead of time in these areas rather than try to figure it out when you're in a moment of difficulty, in a moment of panic, in a moment of decision. You know, I want to know what I'm going to do before I have to decide what I'm going to do it. You know, my dad, he, he used to talk to me about temptation in a certain way. He, he said this to me one time. You know, temptation is kind of like an ice cream sundae. He said... And I was young at the time, so an ice cream sundae, I was like, oh yeah, like I'll take some of that. And he's talking about this, he goes, it's kind of like an ice cream sundae, Isaac, you have to decide ahead of time that I'm not going to eat it. Otherwise, when it shows up, you're going to be like, oh yeah, I'll take some of that. You know, in some of these things, we got to prepare ourselves ahead of time so that when this moment shows up, I'm not guessing. It, when when I'm, I'm getting, you know, in and when I, let's, let's go to the health example, Okay. I want to know that I have health in Christ before I'm sick. Because if, if I get sick and now i got to figure out what the Bible says about healing and health, well, I'm trying to figure it out, and I'm trying to figure out if I believe it's true, rather than putting faith in it ahead of time and going in to say, you know what, I know what the Word says. So I'm not in fear. I'm not letting this pull me down. I'm not letting myself get sucked into a cycle of, of health problems or, or getting bogged down with maybe a, a doubt in the word of God on health, when I believe it ahead of time, when I have faith in it before it's a problem, I'm solid when the problem shows up. I can look at it and say, you know what? I know what the word says about this. I know that by Jesus Christ's stripes, I'm healed. And so I can have faith. I can be steady. I can move forward, onward and upward because the faith was established before the problem ever showed up. A couple other areas um, that, that I believe are good pr places to prepare hope is one, you know, hope is a, is, a, is a quality that will lead you through many difficult times. Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Hope is, is going to fill you up and, and it comes by the Spirit. It says that by the power of the Spirit you may abound in hope. When I get filled with the Holy Spirit, I ought to be filled with hope. And that ought to bring joy and peace into my life. When I'm going through a difficult time, it, let me tell you, it's good to be joyful and peaceful. Because when, I don't know if it, this is the way for you, I don't know if it's like this in your life, but for me, if I am upset, it usually makes things much worse for me. You know, if, if I encounter a difficult situation and I'm just like, I'm mad or I'm upset, it usually makes it worse, not better. And so it's good to have hope, to have joy, to have peace, which all come by being filled with the Spirit and receiving Jesus into my heart. As that comes, well, it's going to help me get through difficult things because it's not going to take my joy. You know, if, if you go back and listen to the Joy Chose Me series that we did earlier in the year, our joy isn't based in world circumstances. Our joy isn't based in the way I feel. My joy is based in the fact that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. And that I'm filled with the Spirit. And I have hope, unlike the world, that anchors and steadies my soul so I can move forward through a difficult time 
without being pulled down, without being sucked into a cycle. I can just get the shirt and move on. Amen. Hope is a good thing to have. Peace, love, health I mentioned. These are all areas that we want to prepare ourselves so that when the moment of, of trial, the moment of temptation comes, we can just cruise right through. We can build ourselves up in word and spirit in these areas. Humility is another, uh, and you can go to James 4.10. I'm running out of time, and so I'm just going to say these last couple. Humility and supply are both other areas where you may want to prepare yourself ahead of time so when a moment of trial comes, you're ready to just stand on the word, believe what it says, apply the grace of God. Um, for instance, supply, uh, Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Well, when I know that, and I'm solid in that, and I know it's the truth, when I have a need... I don't have to figure out where my supply is going to come from because I already know who my supplier is. And so I can just move right on through. The second point is this, pray. Pray. You know, we want to pray as part of the preparation. We want to pray ahead of time. But let me tell you, when we're going through something difficult, it's a good time to pray. It's a good time to pray because that's going to build up your spirit. That's going to solidify the things you know in the word. It's going to help you move on through. It's part of that burden of Christ is praying and believing what he said. Jude 1.20 says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. You want to know how to get built up so you can get through? Pray in the Holy Spirit. He says it right here in Jude 1.20. Build yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. And then Mark eleven twenty two through 23 says this, So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he said will be done, he will have whatever he says. As we pray to God and we speak things out, we take authority, we stand on the word, we pray in the Spirit, we're going to see things happen. You know, I think even about that scripture in Acts 16.25 we read this morning about Paul and Silas in the prison. It said they were singing praises and they were praying. And as they sang and they prayed, things moved. Situations changed. Chains were loose. It's the same for us today. We can have victory and freedom come in life if we'll pray, if we'll praise and then the last thing I wanted to mention is this. And, and I use the word perform, okay? And, and I know that that could be kind of like like I say that and, and I use it because it's another P word, you know, uh, prepare, pray, perform. It makes it easy to remember. When I say perform, what I really mean is cooperate with God's grace. Okay, you know, put it into action. Maybe that would even be a better P to say. Put it into action. Put the grace of God into action. Put the burden on your shoulders. Put Christ's weight on you. Because his weight is light. It's easy. It lifts you up and brings you forward. 2 Corinthians 6.1, kind of going back to where we started this morning. We then as workers, together with him, also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. Don't receive the grace of God in vain. Take that, that package that God puts on your shoulders. I mean, think of everything. I'm going to just grab it again because I like it. I kind of like this illustration here. Put the package on your shoulders. Put the grace on your shoulders. Put the spirit on your shoulders. Put the call on your shoulders. Because when it's on you, it's moving you. You know, one of the things that is, is significant about the yoke is the yoke was used to lead. And as we receive Christ and we put his yoke on us, he is going to lead us through. It seems so counterintuitive. It seems so contradictory that I would add something to my shoulders to make my burden lighter and to lead me out. Well, when we receive Christ's burden, not only does he make it light and easy in life, but he leads us on the right path through a time of difficulty and adversity so that we might come out on the other side with a crown of life approved. Amen. Got the shirt. The only reason I got it is because I received God's grace. I put it on my shoulders. I applied the grace of God in my life. I prepared, I prayed, I received, and now I'm going through. I'm going onward and upward into victory. Amen? Amen. Well, this morning, I would just like us to wrap up giving God a, a, a praise, praying out to him and thanking him for his goodness, that the grace has come to win, to be victorious, and that when I go through times that seem difficult, times that are trying, times that are tempting, 
I know this, if I'll stand with God, if I won't be deterred to the right or to the left, but I'll just stay with him, if I'll receive that burden, if I'll receive his leading, his grace, his spirit, his call, I will go forward and I'll come out on the other side victorious. I'll come out on the other side approved. I'll come out with the t-shirt and I won't have to do that again. Amen. And when the devil tries to remind me of something I've gone through in the past, when he tries to come at me with the same temptation again, I can look back and say, hey devil, you got to go away. I already beat you. I already came over that. I was already led through it. And I'm not bearing the weight you want to put on me anymore. I'm not getting bogged down by what you want to use to burden me anymore. I've put that on Christ and I've received an easy light burden that will lead me through. Amen. Would you pray with me this morning? Both a prayer of thanks and a prayer of, of accepting and release. God, I release this weight, this burden, this care to you. I want to move through this testing time and come out on the other side approved. I want to see the the victory and the crown of life, not only in eternity, but I want to see it today. I want to see victory over this natural thing today. I believe you are the victor, and I believe that as I receive, as I cooperate, as I bear your easy light burden, I will move through and come out a victor. Father, we thank you that Jesus obtained the victory. He, he took part in a process that ended in victory. It ended in him conquering. God, I thank you that spiritually we are the victors. And that not only spiritually, but physically also, you want us to have the victory today. I thank you that we can receive it as we receive Christ's weight. That as we allow him to lead us, as, as he puts on those things that are light and easy, they lift us up. They move us onward and upward into better things, Lord, into victory, out of the trying, testing time. We know that we have to make the decision to receive it, the decision to apply it, the decision to bear it. And this morning, Lord, we make that choice. If you make that choice this morning, that I I give up the burdens of this world and I receive the light, easy burden of Christ that leads me onward and upward. If you receive that this morning and release the other, I want you to pray this with me. Jesus, I release my burdens, my cares, the weights that hold me down and keep me in a trying, tempting place. I release them to you. I believe you took them on the cross and buried them in a grave. And that when you resurrected, they did not come with you. Instead, you have provided a yoke, a burden of ease, of life, one that brings me upward, onward, does not hold me down, but brings me through. I thank you, Jesus. That in you, I have received the grace. I have received the spirit. I have received the call that brings me into victory. I am led by you. I submit myself to your leadership. Thank you, Jesus, that you're faithful. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're faithful. Thank you, God the Father that you're faithful to bring me into victory. I believe in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Do you have the victory today? Amen. Do you have the t-shirts today? Amen. Well, go into life. Go forward. Let the weights, the cares, the temptations and trials of this world not hold us down, but let's move forward, onward and upward into victory today that Christ might be glorified, that the world might see the power of Christ crucified, buried, and resurrected. There is nothing, not even the grave, that can hold him down. And so today, we move onward and upward out of the trial, out of the temptation, out of the things that would hold us down, out of the imprisonment, into the life, into the victory. Amen? Would you end in song, end in praise with me this morning?